And we have two 10-minute preachers today, and I'd like you to give a very warm welcome to Abiola, who's going to give us the first talk, The Excellencies of Christ. church <laughs> it's so different this side <laughs> um, uh, that's so funny because um, I was supposed to have 15 minutes <laughs> so I'm gonna have to shorten it make it very short <laughs> I'm gonna make it very short so don't worry um, what I'm gonna do what we're where we're reading from is 1 Peter 2 1 to 12 so if you just quickly turn there I'm going to read it. If you don't have your Bibles, you don't have a Bible, then just close your eyes and hear what the Word of God is saying to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the spiritual milk that it may grow into salvation. If you indeed have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame so the honor is for you who believe but for those who do not believe the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stumbling and a stone of stumbling or a rock of offense they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do but you are, we are, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellences of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when, you spe when they speak against you as evildoers, you may, they may see your good works and glorify God on the day of visitation. I just want to quickly pray. Lord, I thank you for your word which lives and abides forever. I pray that like newborn babes hunger for milk, we will hunger for your word to understand it and obey it so that we will grow in you. We put aside all ill will, lies, pretense, envy and evil speech and open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Thank you for your grace, Lord. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What's that? Okay, just let me put a thumbs up when I'm, I need to. Yeah, okay. Lord, um, the Lord is so good. And just being able to worship his, him is such a privilege, such an honor that we can worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Our scripture today is talking about Jesus being our cornerstone. As believers, Jesus is our foundation. He is our chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is the first stone laid in the construction of a building. It is the reference point for all other stones. It is the stone on which the weight of the whole structure rests. Everything we are and do is built on that foundation as believers. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Jesus is the living stone, and in him, we become living stones. And part of a spiritual house, the church, the people of God. As believers, we all have our specific parts to play in the kingdom of God. Paul explains it so well in Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 22. We are no longer outsiders, but we now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for him. We belong to God's own household. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together, bound and welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise and grow and increase into a holy temple in the Lord. In him and in fellowship with one another, you yourselves also are built up into this structure. With rest, with the rest, to form a fixed abode, a dwelling place for Almighty God. He says it in such a wonderful way. I couldn't write words that said it as well as that. In Christ, we live, we move, and we have our very being. If God is your foundation, that's the life you should live. One that you live out of a fellowship with God. Fullness of life. There's no fullness of life without Christ. With him as your cornerstone, there is fullness of life. And we can experience a close and personal relationship with God. Not one where a God that's far away and we're down here and he's miles away and we can't talk to him. We can't worship him. We can't pour out our weaknesses to him. We can't show him who we truly are. He wants to be close to us. He wants to have that intimate relationship so that you have a relationship with God that is better than the one with the person sitting next to you, the person sitting next to you, you know. But with your, whether it's your, your mum or your child or your husband, God wants your relationship to, to, with him to be even more in-depth than that, even closer to that. And we can have that. The Bible says we can. I'm just going to give a quick testimony of my life, how God has changed my life as, as he's become my foundation before I was saved, um, it was a bit of a mess. Um, I grew up in a loving home, a bit dysfunctional at times, whose family isn't. 
Um, my mum and dad tried really hard to do their best. They loved us, they cared for us, they did the best they could. They weren't saved, they didn't know Christ, so they did their very best, and I appreciate them for that. My mum took us to church sometimes, because she was brought up as a Christian, um, not really serving God, but she felt it was the best thing for her children to take us. And I look back at that, and I think, even though I found it really, really boring, <laughs> it was the beginning of what God was doing in our lives as a family. Um, my dad was a non-practicing Muslim. He said he was a Muslim because he was brought up one, but he never really did much more. He didn't pray, didn't go to the mosque, didn't do anything. And, um, but funny enough, he was the one as well that started my journey towards God, but I don't have time, so I'm not going to tell you that story now. It, um, I always felt different. I always felt lonely. I always felt unloved, even though I knew I was loved by my family. I even felt suicidal at times during my teens. I hated the way I looked, and I looked for attention in all the wrong places. But Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus. When I met Jesus and I gave my life to him, hallelujah, I knew how much I was loved. And loved beyond comprehension. I was loved and valued. Jesus loved me so much that he gave up his life for me. When I wasn't even thinking about him. I am forgiven. I am no longer weighed down by guilt for my past, my present, my future mistakes. I realize I had more family than I could possibly want. I have hope in a hopeless world. I have peace that passeth understanding. I am secure. I am protected. I am blessed in every way, spirit, soul, and body. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And now I see myself as beautiful because God says I'm beautiful. My boys are looking at me like, mommy, don't say that. <laughs> but he says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 9 in our passage describes us as a chosen race. Jesus was chosen and precious. We also are chosen and precious. Every single one of us. We're not a mistake. God picked us on purpose. He chose us. We are special. And he handpicked us. We're not just a mass of people. We are individuals to God. He picked us, handpicked us before the foundation of the world to be sons and daughters of God and to glorify him. What does chosen mean? It means to be selected, marked for favor, or special privilege. Not because of anything we have done, but because God loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. Our second point in verse 9 is that we are a real royal priesthood. Now, this point jumped out at me. Um, it's repeated from verse 5, and it's the bit I'm going to spend just a little bit more time on. The priests in the Old Testament had to first cleanse themselves before they went into the temple. This is in the Old Testament. We are now New Testament priests. We are washed by the blood of Jesus. 
The priests also had to wear special garments. We are clothed with the robe of righteousness. We have right standing with God. It is not our own righteousness. It is not something we have earned, but the righteousness given to us when Jesus died for us and rose again in victory. We can come boldly into the throne room of grace to worship him in spirit and in truth. We have access to the very presence of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. We can go and sit at his feet and talk to him and worship him and love on him as he loves on us. He says that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. The priests also offered sacrifices and for the sins of Israel at the time. No more sacrifices are needed. Jesus died for us. He died once and for all for our sins. And we can offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. Our priestly ministry is to worship God with songs of praise. But more than that, we are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all that is within us. We are to adore him and connect with the spirit of God. The song of a true worshiper is one that yearns, longs for more of God. The kind of song we should sing opens the door to many victories, our healing, our wholeness from brokenness, and delights the heart of God. Worship is not just about Sunday mornings, not about the songs we sing in the morning. It's about a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It is singing songs if your heart is there and you're singing them from your heart. But it's also about our living, us living our lives in a way that glorifies God. That our focus is always on him. We can worship in all that we do. When we give, when we study our Bibles, when we do our jobs, when we study at school. Wherever we are and whatever we're doing, if our hearts are turned to God, then we are worshipping him with our whole lives. Psalm 139 verse 9 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? There is nowhere. God's presence is always with us. If we seek him with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and if we give him our undivided attention, if we surrender all to him. Have, um, the last two things was that we are a holy nation and a special people. The King James Version says actually that we are a peculiar people. And even though they've changed it in a lot of the versions since, I love the word peculiar. Because it doesn't mean we should be weird as Christians or flaky and a bit, you know. But it, for me, it means, it shouts out loud that we are to be different. That we're not to fit nicely in with the world, but we're to stand out for Christ. And so that's what God wants when he says we are his special people. He wants us to be different. 
He wants us to be different so that the world around us can see the love of God. That it's not about us, but it's about him. These words were spoken from our our pastor today to a church who was suffering. And it was meant to give them hope and encourage them. So just as I've spoken about these words, it's not always that life is easy. Actually, life could be really, really, really hard. And, but we know as a raw priesthood that God is with us. As we worship him and see him, we know that he is with us. So in conclusion, we're Christ as our cornerstone and as a holy chosen people who worship God with our lives, we can reflect all that he is. His love, his wisdom, his power, his goodness, truth, justice, mercy, and holiness. It is a journey to holiness. It's a journey to being truly being the priests of God. And I believe that our highest call is to worship God. And out of an intimate relationship with God, we can be the church that glorifies God through our good works and live as a people who are free. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life Uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.